Coming up this week, BMW reveals the i4, Kia reveals their EV6, Rivian plans their charging network, and more. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 57 of the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answers to your questions about electric vehicles. Before we get started with the news this week, I want to thank our podcast partner, Titan Auto & Tire in Mosley, Virginia, for their support. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Central Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs, and from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. For more information and to schedule an appointment for your vehicle, go to TitanAutoTire.com. That's TitanAutoTire.com. Starting us off, BMW on Wednesday gave us our first uncamouflaged look at its i4 electric sports sedan during their annual conference. They say production for the i4 will start later this year, but likely won't reach us over here in the United States until next year as a 2022 model. Green Car Reports shares the exterior largely echoes the concept version unveiled last year, and as expected, the i4 is similar in size and shape to the gasoline BMW 4 Series Grand Coupe, meaning it's a four-door sedan with a low, coupe-like roofline. That also means that the i4 will be a close match to the Tesla Model 3 when it comes to size. BMW also confirmed that the i4 will be unique in multiple specs, with the range-topping version boasting 523 horsepower and an estimated 300-mile range, putting the 0-62 to mile an hour in about 4 seconds. That model will have dual-motor all-wheel drive, but lower-priced versions will offer a single-motor and rear-wheel drive system, most likely, they say. Driving range is just a preliminary estimate as of yet, with an anticipated EPA range of up to 300 miles. An M Performance version will join the lineup sometime after launch, BMW said. The automaker uses that nomenclature for models that are sportier than its standard fare. BMW didn't share any interior photos, but we do know that the i4 will get the automaker's latest iDrive infotainment system, including a massive dashboard display and digital key system that allows drivers to use an Apple iPhone in place of a key fob. An integrated Apple Maps feature will also help with finding charging stations. Globally, BMW plans to have 25 new electrified models on sale in the next two to three years, with the majority of those being all electric. BMW decided not to bring the iX3 compact electric crossover here to the U.S., but both the i4 and the larger BMW iX crossover are expected to arrive here by the end of 2022. All said, it looks like it's going to be a really great car, and honestly, I'm a little disappointed that this might not get here this year. I'm starting to think that if BMW doesn't kick it into high gear here pretty soon, they might find themselves competing in a very densely packed market without a standout feature to attract non-BMW owners. And no, that hideous front grille, while being a standout feature, is not one that I'd call attractive. In the coming years, many automakers are going to bring their EVs to market, and I would be delighted if this BMW joins the bunch sooner rather than later. Next, from Kia, it seems that the recently revealed electric EV6 has been quite well received. Well, so far anyway, its official introduction will take place during the full unveiling later this month. I believe it's set for the 30th. 
Don't quote me on that. Uh, the EV6 is a very attractive car, but as is the case of all models, not everybody will like it. Uh, specifically for my case anyway, looking at the back, it's not doing it for me. The front, I love. Uh, the back, eh, not so much. So at some angles, I would expect that there are other people that may uh, prefer the looks and styling of the Hyundai Ionic 5 that uh, is naturally a good comparison because they're both built on the EGMP or eGIMP platform. Now inside EVs says the key selling feature is that EGMP platform, which is expected to combine strong technical specifications with an increased interior space of the cabin and storage space. The potential specs for this model are more than 311 miles of range, but that's not necessarily uh, going to be EPA range. It possibly could be on a different test cycle. Uh, the ultra-fast charging capability that we saw on the Ionic 5, definitely expecting to see that as well with the EV6, replenishing 62 miles of range in only four minutes using that 800-volt battery system. In terms of acceleration, this is where I am uh, floored, <laughs> and there's no other way of putting it. They're saying a 0 to 100 kilometers per hour, or 0 to 62 miles per hour, in 3 seconds, which would put the 0 to 60 miles per hour in less than 3 seconds, which is right quick. In a previous presentation by Kia in February, they shared that they have reserved an entire range of names for its next generation of electric cars, named names from EV1 to EV9. Now, the EV6 is close to the middle, which means that we will likely see both bigger SUVs with probably higher numbers and smaller, more affordable ones with lower numbers. So we'll see. I'm really excited, looking forward to the full introduction and reveal of the EV6, as I'm sure many of you are as well. And yes, according to Kia's website, that world premiere will be taking place on March 30th. I know I'm not going to be able to give this next segment the time it needs. Volkswagen Group AG had their power day to discuss their future plans for vehicle batteries, battery factories, vehicle-to-grid integration, and so much more this week in a two-hour-long online event. So I'm going to do my best to give you the highlights in five minutes. There's no way I can cover it all, but I will do my best to bring you the most important bits. The Volkswagen Group presented its technology roadmap for batteries and charging up to 2030. The goal of the roadmap is to significantly reduce the complexity and cost of the battery in order to make the electric car attractive and viable for as many people as possible. At the same time, the group is aiming to secure the supply of battery cells beyond 2025. Thomas Schmall, member of the board of management for Volkswagen Group for Technology and the CEO of VW Group Components, said, quote, Together with partners, we want to have a total of six cell factories up and running in Europe by 2030, thus guaranteeing security of supply, end quote. The six new factories will produce cells with a total energy value of 240 gigawatt hours per year by the time they are finished. Two of the factories will operate in Sweden, with one in Salzgitter, starting in 2025 having up to 40 gigawatt hours per year of capacity in that factory alone. Volkswagen also plans to reduce costs by 50% funneled through battery developments and improvements. Schmall outlined the idea of new, more cost-effective cells that will increase range and performance, saying, quote, 
This will finally make e-mobility affordable and the dominant drive technology, end quote. And while Volkswagen plans to purchase cells from suppliers, it also plans to create cells in-house with a series of battery production facilities. In 2023, a new unified cell will be launched and installed in 80% of Volkswagen Group's electric vehicles. Quote, we will use our economies of scale to the benefit of our customers when it comes to the battery too. On average, we will drive down the cost of battery systems to significantly below 100 euro per kilowatt hour, end quote. And Volkswagen isn't only working on its battery plans, the company is also working on expanding out its charging platform by calling upon European power companies to help with the rollout. Partnerships with Ionity and BP will establish 8,000 new charging points throughout Europe. Additionally, 4,150 kilowatt chargers will be installed at BP and ARAL service stations in Germany and Great Britain. Spain-based Iberdrola will assist Volkswagen with main traffic route coverage in Spain, and Italian company Enel will help with main and urban motorways in Italy. Volkswagen says its total investment package for the charging infrastructure will cost around 400 million euro by 2025 and is looking for other companies to partner with. Here in North America, 3,500 fast charging points will be installed by Electrify America by the end of the year. While Volkswagen says it intends to, quote, integrate the electric car in private, commercial, and public energy systems in the future, end quote, it says that vehicles using the MEB platform will support energy storage capabilities starting in 2022, and bidirectional wall boxes to energy management systems will be developed as well, allowing owners to supply power from their electric car battery to power residential buildings, businesses, or to the grid when needed. So there's a lot of information they went over. I'll put a link in the show notes to the full video of Volkswagen's Battery Day, or sorry, Volkswagen's Power Day, just in case you guys are interested and have a couple of hours to kill. And Rivian is back in the news again this week, finally announcing its long-mentioned Adventure Charging Network. And the company plans to install not only this Adventure Network, which is exclusive to Rivian vehicles, and I'll hit on that a bit more in a minute, but also they say they will install 10,000 Level 2 chargers that will be open for public use. The Fast Charging Adventure Network will incorporate 3,500 DC fast chargers at 600 locations across North America by the end of 2023. And honestly, that is a very ambitious goal. That would mean they would need to install, what, nearly 50 chargers almost every week starting fairly soon. That, I don't see that happening. But Hopefully, they can do it. The company says each site will have multiple chargers and will be conveniently located on highways and main roads, often by cafes and shops. These DC fast chargers will be for Rivian owners only, with details on pricing and associated programs coming soon, they say. The Rivian Adventure Network will be powered by 100% renewable energy through partnerships with electricity providers. They say they will use wind and solar wherever possible, as well as renewable energy certificates to ensure vehicles are powered with clean electricity. Now, before continuing on, I want to ask a question about this. Do we really need another exclusive charging network to act as a barrier to EV adoption? Not that everybody is in the market for a $70,000 plus vehicle, but 
if I heard that I couldn't charge at a charging station, or worse, that I could at some but not at others, and that's the fast chargers, but the slower ones I could use, but some I'd have to pay and others are free, and then if I needed I could plug into an electrical socket but don't do that because it'll take forever, I think we easily forget how confusing this can get for a new owner. So maybe a better solution for Rivian and honestly for Tesla and their supercharger network as well, would be to have them be free for owners of their vehicles and then owners of other manufacturers would have to then pay to charge. That way you still have the advantage and selling point to your customers. You can say, hey, our customers, we can charge at all of these chargers for free, you know, but then you're not excluding anybody else and possibly having a revenue stream coming in from people charging at your stations. Doesn't that just make more sense? And yeah, before I go on, maybe not for Tesla because they're already charging Model 3 and Model Y owners uh, <laughs> at Tesla superchargers. Uh, but still, I think there's some wiggle room to, to expand that. Rivian are also installing thousands of Rivian Waypoint chargers across the US and Canada. These are going to be found at shopping centers, restaurants, hotels, campsites, parks, and many other locations. They will be level two AC chargers that will deliver up to 11.5 kilowatts of power and use a standard J1772 plug. They say over 10,000 Rivian waypoints are planned across the US and Canada through 2023. Once again, that is exceptionally ambitious. If they can do it and get it done, great. I personally, sitting here now, don't see that happening uh, in that time frame. But hey, even if they get half of them or a quarter of them up, installed, and available for people to use, that's still a fantastic step forward. Formula E chief Jamie Regal has revealed that the electric car racing series is targeting potential new races in the U.S. and Asia as a part of plans to expand the global reach of the championship. In an interview with the Autosport News website, Regal listed the U.S., India, China, and Japan as countries that the series would look to travel to in future seasons. China has staged Formula E events in the past, with Beijing playing host in 2014 and 2015 before the series headed to Sanya in 2019. A Japanese E-Prix has previously been mooted with Tokyo and Yokohama among the potential locations. Regal has now identified Japan as one of the countries the series is looking to expand into. Regal said, quote, I look at the markets where we need to have an impact. In no particular order, Japan is big on that list. Mainland China in a tier one city is big on that list as well, end quote. Formula E has Indian representation in the shape of Mahindra Racing. Team principal Dilba Gill has previously said that the outfit would be willing to support the series on any potential plans to race in India. Regal added, quote, You look at that market, it has young, urban population and internationalists outlook. It's English speaking generally in terms of the segment we're going after, and you have an opportunity to skip a generation in terms of electric mobility and showcase the future. I'm not saying anything controversial to say that those cities are very populated and there's lots of pollution. Electric vehicles can really transform the quality of lives in that market. There's challenges, but I'm really focused on that and have good conversations with Dilbal and the Mahindra guys to see if we can accelerate, end quote.
The part I'm getting really excited about is Regal is also looking to expand Formula E's presence here in the United States. Formula E has raced in New York since 2017, and Regal said the series is keen to tap into the potential of the Western U.S. market. He said, quote, that fits when you talk about the prime manufacturers. They all sell a lot of cars in California. If we could end up there, that would be cool, end quote. The 2021 Formula E season got underway with two events in Saudi Arabia last month. Further races are planned in Italy, Spain, Morocco, and Monaco before the end of May, with the Chilean capital of Santiago scheduled to host a doubleheader on June 5th and 6th. A decision on the remainder of the calendar is set to be made in early spring as Formula E continues to monitor the impact of the ongoing pandemic. Formula E was forced to cancel a number of events last year, including the New York E-Prix because of the pandemic. So hopefully we'll get to see the return of Formula E to North America very soon. The National Hot Rod Association, NHRA, held its first panel discussion with OE and aftermarket manufacturers, safety equipment partners, and EV racers to develop strategies to race and showcase electric vehicle technology. 70 years after its inception, the NHRA continues to share its technical and promotional expertise to make every drag strip pass more successful. With every change in the automotive industry comes an opportunity in the drag racing industry to apply a philosophy of speed and safety. And this means with the rise in performance of new electric vehicles comes the need for Naira to give them a safe place to race and a platform for their builders and racers to evolve and demonstrate their accomplishments. Naira's leadership launched an EV initiative to understand and promote the potential of these new vehicles and powertrains. At the 2021 Naira Gator Nationals in Gainesville, Florida, a core group of this team presented the opportunities for EV racing through Naira competition, marketing, technical, safety, television, and live events by hosting a panel discussion. The interest in attending this preliminary gathering on EV drag racing was overwhelming. Representatives from Dodge, Ford, GM, and Toyota were in the attendance. There were also EV racing teams, EV racing supporters, safety equipment suppliers, automotive aftermarket manufacturers, and enthusiast car builders. The purpose of the meeting was exploratory and intended to gauge the interest in Naira developing EV racing opportunities. It was also an opportunity for Naira to discuss topics it's researching and allowed them to call on their partners and the larger automotive industry to develop synergies that would benefit everybody. Naira made it clear that any EV racing it could conceive of would be in addition to existing racing categories. Electric vehicles would not replace any class or type of car. Areas of discussion included the significant number of production EV cars already racing at the Naira member track level, safety, EV components, software, areas of innovation, cost, and EV interest from the 13 to 34-year-old demographic. Based on the enthusiasm of the people present, they say a follow-up meeting will be scheduled. This was inevitable, wasn't it? I mean, it's only a matter of time when you've got production vehicles coming out this year and next year that will do nine seconds or faster in the quarter mile. It's only a matter of time before the National Hot Rod Association, the, the people that kind of put together the rules, if you will, for drag strips, uh, it was only a matter of time before they got seriously involved. So that's all I have for you in the news segment this week. So let's move on to our weekly Q&A. 
The weekly Q&A is brought to you by Charged Future EV Consultancy. If someone you know is interested in the purchase of an EV or getting charging installed at a business but don't know where to start, reach out to Daria and he'll help determine the best path forward. Mention that you heard about Charged Future here on the EV Resource Podcast for a 10% discount on any build services. The initial consultation is free, so head over to chargedfuture.com to get started. Last week's question was, what do you think will be the best-selling EV in the U.S. this year? And overwhelmingly, you all answered the Tesla Model 3. I was actually surprised a little bit by that. Honestly, my answer would have been the Tesla Model Y, but it seems that confidence in the current number one selling EV is still high. So I don't know about you, but I am super excited to see how this plays out. The question I have for you this week is, if there were an electric vehicle event, whether it be motorsport or expo or otherwise, I'm kind of thinking along the lines of Formula E or Extreme E, or even something like Fully Charged Live, If there were an event like that on the West Coast of the United States in the coming years, would you attend and what would you be most excited to see? So submit your answers to hello at ev-resource.com or through social media, and I'll read them out on next week's podcast. That is your show for this week, so thank you so much for listening and watching the YouTube video. Please share this with your friends and anybody you know who is interested in electric vehicles. I do want to say a special thanks to our Patreon executive producers. They are Tom Wiggins, Rajiv Narayan, and Greg Fuller. Patreon is a way that you can support the efforts that I have for this podcast. Actually, and and everything related to EV Resource with the magazine and keeping the webpage up and, and all of that as well. If you would like to help with a small financial contribution, it's completely optional, but always uh, appreciated. Uh, If you'd like to support EV Resource with that, you can check us out there at patreon.com slash EV Resource. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I invite your feedback via the same email address. That's hello at ev-resource.com. You can always leave a comment on the YouTube video. And don't forget to subscribe, whether you're looking at things on YouTube or on the podcast app that you're using to listen to this. That way you'll get all of the future shows delivered to you automatically. You don't have to chase them down week after week. If you want to listen to any of the previous shows, you can find them on our webpage under the podcast section and on many of the major podcast platforms. Thank you so much for being with me, and I'll catch you next week.